from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Screeners bonus episode, a review of The Desolation of Smaug. Today, we're going to have a very brief overview of our thoughts on the new Peter Jackson film, but we also wanted to give you a heads up to let you know that coming in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have our first ever Screeners best of show, where we're going to talk about our favorite games, movies, and all-around favorite things from 2013, so stand by for that. And in the meantime, let's jump right into our review of The Desolation of Smaug. Truly. The tales and songs fall utterly short of your enormity. Oh, Smaug, the stupendous. There is no king under the mountain, nor will there ever be. It will not end here. With every victory, this evil will grow. You have no right to enter that mountain. I have the only right. We've been blind in our blindness. Our enemy has returned. I will not risk this quest for the life of one burglar. His name was Bilbo. Alright guys, well today we are reviewing The Second Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, and this is the second in a trilogy of films adapting the enduringly popular masterpiece, The Hobbit, by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, It continues the adventure of the title character Bilbo Baggins as he journeys with the wizard Gandalf and the 13 dwarves led by Thorin Oakenshield on an epic quest to reclaim the lost dwarf kingdom of Erebor. Uh, It's directed by Peter Jackson, and it's definitely one of the great holiday movies that everyone is going to see, so we wanted to make sure to get a review of it out for you guys as soon as possible. Unfortunately, because of the holiday situation, Josh was not able to join us for this recording of our review, but we do have a pre-recorded review from him, which I'm sure will be full of love and laughter and happiness for all of you (laughs) to enjoy. So let's hear from Josh as to what he thinks of The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug. I would like to begin my review of The Hobbit by congratulating Chad. Chad, your devious plot has worked wonderfully because now I'm recording this segment all by myself. I'm going to express the unpopular opinions and the rest of you from a safe distance where I cannot retort, I cannot reply, I cannot defend myself, will begin to distance yourselves from me, much like one distances themselves from a racist friend on Twitter. And I will be left standing alone with my, as always, correct opinion. I saw the first three Lord of the Rings movies, like just about everyone else in the developed world, and I loved them at the time, and I have a feeling I would still like them if I went back and saw them today, but it's not the case with these Hobbit movies. I think it's sad that Peter Jackson is even attached to these movies. He has to be because he is the auteur of 
of uh, Tolkien on film now, but it comes off as such a shameless money grab by the studios, and he's now associating himself with that money whoredom that is the franchise. They've taken the one... I should preface this by saying I have not actually read the books. Gasp, yes, I know, shocker. Um, I have not read The Hobbit or the other three books or The Cimmerillion or all the other wonderful source material, but it doesn't take a mathematician or a literary scholar to figure out that they took one book and are stretching it into three movies, whereas they had three books for the other movies. I know they're adding material from other places, cutting and pasting and all that, whatever, but there's just not enough source material. And the first three movies were about, they were about civilizations. They were about this entire epic story of this final battle and this homecoming. And they had every civilization on the known earth coming together to take part in this battle. And so the first two movies were a lead up to that. And then the third was that, and it was an epic and it needed all that time to follow these storylines in the Hobbit trilogy, we have a much, much smaller storyline and we have the exact same amount of time allocated to it. And it drags. I wasn't looking, I wasn't even looking forward to seeing the first Hobbit when I finally got around to see it, uh, months after it came out on on demand. I was kind of the same way when we went to go see this one, it's two hours and 40 minutes. Um, supposed to be about the desolation of Smaug and I don't know whether I should say this in spoilers or not but we take oh a good two-thirds of the movie to even see the dragon at all. I should have said this up front but um, my overall opinion on the movie is it is way too long. It is two hours too long. It's King Kong too long if anyone remembers the uh, Jack Black King Kong movie. That was you know, what was it, two hours of King Kong getting to New York, which is what the story is about, and I felt the exact same way about uh, this Hobbit movie. Sure, it's great to watch elves kill spiders and orcs just get slaughtered. I mean, it's a good thing there's so many of them because they really suck at fighting, but there's just not enough to it to justify this kind of this kind of novel length. That's about all I have. Should I just talk for about 10 minutes to waste space and annoy Chad? I probably should do that, shouldn't I? Yeah, let's do that. So Chad, how's it going? Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't have anything to say to you. So I'm going to sit here and mumble for a while and pretend I think of something else to say about The Hobbit. Oh, I meant to mention that it had a it's beating Anchorman 2 at the box office, even though it's been out for, what is it, three weeks now? So that either says something really bad about Anchorman or really bad about society. And I don't know which it is. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right. Well, thank you, Josh, for that uh, grand <laughs> endorsement of the Glowing film. review. Let's talk amongst ourselves some general discussion about the film, and then we will get into spoilers after that. Chris, what did you think? Well, I, you know, I quite enjoyed this movie um, because the first film in this Hobbit trilogy was a little disappointing to me uh, in that it felt like, 
Peter Jackson didn't really know what he was doing. He's had too much material that he was drawing from, not necessarily from the Hobbit books, but from the rest of the J.R.R. Tolkien world. And I, I felt like he did a much better job of restraining himself to tell actually somewhat of a cohesive story in this than this film. Um, it felt more um, complete, I guess I said, even though the ending isn't nearly complete, it still felt like an actual um, film to me that I enjoyed that was really quite um, uh, really quite good, actually. So anyway, I, I, I thought this movie was infinitely better than the first one. There were a couple of moments in the film that kind of it, it, it slowed down a bit, but I felt like for the most part, it was uh, it was fairly cohesive and uh, enjoyable. I think I think folks who go see this are gonna definitely going to get their there's money's worth. I mean, it's almost a three hour long film filled with excitement, adventure. And I think overall, it's, it's, it's a good movie. It, it sometimes maybe strays. I mean, it does stray from the original source material. Um, but as a whole, I think it's actually quite a quite an enjoyable, fun film. Awesome. Chad, what did you think? Uh, you know, I'm kind of a, I agree with Chris, uh, but I'm kind of of two minds about this movie. Because on the one hand, I had way more fun this time than I did with the first Hobbit installment. This, for all the reasons that Chris just mentioned, it, it was a tighter story. It was a smaller story, even though it's part of kind of an epic series of events this specific story was kind of a smaller or tighter story and so I enjoyed that I like the characters a little more but I do actually agree with Josh a little bit in that this movie for sure around the 2.15 mark 2 hour 15 minute mark I did check my watch a few times you know it kind of drug a little bit this one felt long to me and it felt a little bit superfluous I don't think it needed to be as long I, I definitely think this and, and Peter Jackson has never been accused of being a, um, you know, economical filmmaker. I mean, he always has his Peter Jackson moments where things get crazy. And sometimes <laughs> that works, you know, spectacularly well, like in the barrel sequence, which for me, you know, we my audience was laughing and cheering, even though it was completely ridiculous. There's yeah. always that Peter Jackson moment where it's like, oh, yeah. But then there's also times where, you know, the you realize you're in the middle of a set piece and it's been going for 25 minutes. And so I went back and forth between really loving and really kind of going, let's get on with it, let's get on with it. And I think in mm. particular with this one, it really shows that they're stretching the material from a single book into three movies and they're having to use a lot of filler I guess. And this is just how it hit me anyway. And it, it would seem like you'd have the opposite problem. Like we have one book, we're going to make three movies. So they'll be really taught stories, but it's almost like that opposite thing is happening. They're like, Oh, we got to stretch this. And so let's really stretch it and make it kind of bloated. So yeah, on the one hand compared to the Hobbit, I mean, we definitely, I saw it with a group of friends. We definitely liked it a lot better. We laughed. We had a really good time. It didn't feel so slowly paced consistently. It had a lot of good payoffs. In particular, the the dragon, in my opinion, is probably like the best dragon ever seen on film. And it was so awesome. And of no course, doubt. Cumberbatch's yeah. voice played a large part with that too. It was really cool. Yes. But, um... But overall, I liked it a lot, lot more, but still felt like it would have been, it's none of, none of these first two installments are like any of the first three installments where I wanted to be in that world for three hours, four hours. It's like, bring it on. This is just right. so great. 
these movies to me feel as if it's a smaller story that's being stretched. So that's kind of disappointing. But I liked its definite step up, and it gives me a little bit of hope for the third one. Because to be honest with you, after the first one, I thought, wow, this is really bad. But, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm in. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. So, you know, Melody, what did you think? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it is. I mean, it clearly is a smaller story being stretched. So I don't I, like I don't know that I ever expected any of the Hobbit movies to measure up to the the original Lord of the Rings movies just because I mean, it's it's a kid's book and there's not that much to go on. But um, I did enjoy the movie a lot. I thought it was fun and beautiful and epic. Uh, it wasn't perfect. It was probably too long. Um, and definitely, I think it turned into like fan fiction in parts, but it was still great. And I definitely liked it better than the first one because uh, it, it started right into the action and it didn't really stop until the end. Whereas the first movie had le- that like 30 minute scene of the dwarfs eating at a table, you know. So this was definitely, I think, uh, an upgrade to that. And I know a lot of people complain about all the additions to the story, but like, honestly, people, you know, there was going to be a lot of stuff added in because he's taking a small children's book and making it into the same length of movies as the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. So obviously he's going to have to add some stuff. And I didn't mind most of the additions because um, some are still part of, of like the Lord of the Rings canon, like from the Cimmerillion. And it's cool to see that stuff on the screen. The stuff that's completely made up, I feel like I could be convinced either way about. I mean, I would... I would kind of love to see this movie just the movie, you know, just The Hobbit and and see what that would be. But but it's fun. You know, it's fun. I, I don't think that the additions added anything extra special to the movie. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I like to see Legolas fight orcs as much as the next guy. So it was fun. Sure. No, I agree. I think that I think that the extra st- for me, it comes down like you can put in all the extra stuff that you want to. That's not a part of, you know, the lore. and It's not a part of canon. As long as it doesn't feel like it, you know, right. and to me, it felt like I, I was having a hard time understanding what was additive about the new material. And even honestly, the way that they portrayed some of the stuff that is canon, I just felt like if, if I'm sitting in there, a huge fantasy nerd fan that plays RPGs and, yeah. you know, loves all this kind of stuff. And I'm, I want to love this movie. And then I sit down and I am sitting there in the best theater and the best sound, perfect viewing conditions. And I'm checking my watch, then that's a problem. So, so now, how familiar are you with the story? Have you had you read it recently? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, how- not recently, but I've read I've read The Hobbit probably right. three times in my life. Okay. I suppose. So you're fairly familiar with how the story goes, and mm-hmm. so you, you would notice. See, cause I, I actually uh, shocker. I haven't read The Hobbit, <laughs> so I don't no. know what is what is additive and what is not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than what I've read, like I knew that Evangeline Lilly's character, which I thought was actually pretty great i would have not guessed that that character was not in the really book. um yeah no i, th- I thought it was fin- and, and, no, no melody for you someone who was who's like well, a, a champion of having female protagonists yeah, in a story strong but like no i, I thought evangeline lily's um character was uh, was was good was fun um and added something to um the story i thought yeah. it was good and fun but right. i didn't feel like it what like it added i didn't feel like it had the full heart of tolkien i felt like she was just oh let's put in a pretty face and she can fight and that'll be great and it was really? fun and she can but, fight and it was yeah great. <laughs> that's what i'm saying well, okay, like it was really a lot okay, of fun but i don't know i, I would have preferred i don't i i didn't completely buy her as an elf i didn't feel like she had like the strength and the wisdom oh. and the grace that an elf should should carry, and I love. That's Evangeline why I liked Lily. it. That's why I liked her because obviously she's 
you know, he, she's doing something a little bit different with, you know, the elf race or whatever. But I could have done without Legolas, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. I, I think, um, though, it also, talking about Evangeline Lilly's character, it was kind of consistent with her actions throughout the film, though, because she right, didn't right. act like an elf. It wasn't, right. it was, exactly. she made decisions that were outside of, I guess, the cultural class and the things that she would have done. So I liked, I liked that character. Right. Um, I thought she was infinitely was, more interesting than Legolas. And I think for putting sure. Legolas in this movie um, is one of those things that, you know, we know where he's going. And mm-hmm. so he can only do so many things. We know he's not going to die. Um, you know, we know that he's going to survive into the next thing. So there's no really like, uh, I'm, oh, well, what's going to happen with him? What's going to? I really don't care. We know, you know, he never talked about anyway. So it's just one of those things that like. Yeah. But it's he also not, had some awesome moments, though. He <laughs> did. Mean, he did. Yeah, but anybody could have had exactly. those. And, and, he didn't I, have to put legless in. I feel like their true. their whole storyline was the weakest part of the film for me by far. And I, and I, I like, you know, romance or whatever. Like, but for this, just. It didn't have the heart of the story for me. I, I agree. I didn't like the romance between um, her and Legolas. Uh, I, I could have done without Legolas, but I think it, her and the um, the dwarf character, I kind of like that. Um, like, wait, whoa, whoa, what? What's going on there? Why? What? You know what I mean? So I, I think that You're was tall interesting. for a dwarf. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I just thought it was interesting. Like, it, 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 I like that aspect of it. I don't like the the triangle aspect of it. And it feels a little bit too much like Lost. You know, suddenly like Evangeline Lilly is now in the middle of another. Um, love triangle or whatever. So I, I just I, I I could have done without him. Um, let's anything else about her? I, I want to talk about the barrel sequence because you seem to enjoy that. And I had a couple of questions. I wanted to see if sure. you noticed anything about. Well, um, yeah, the thing about Evangeline Lily, I will say this is I, that's one of those things where I liked her character and I liked a lot of the the things that she brought to the movie. But I also yeah. felt like you could have completely eliminated the entire romance angle, not just between Legolas, but even though I liked it, even the thing with the dwarf, really? it, especially in the last sequence. And we'll get more specific when we do spoilers, but you know, when we're in the, when we're in the mountain, yeah, but she at, wouldn't at have left. End, she wouldn't have left the city, though, Chad. She wouldn't no, even be I, on the story. But there are ways that that could be written around. It's just we kept cutting back to yeah. him, and you know, is he okay, and all that stuff. And I was like, oh, just yeah. keep slowing the story down. That doesn't no, need I, to be in there. I, I I agree with you that the way it was told. I just think that the 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 reasons she has for doing the things that she's supposed to do. Oh, I agree. Um, are I fairly well justified sure. with how they said it. But I think I agree with you that that I, that, that, that how long they've spent on it was a little bit way too. It was. It was too long. And yeah. what I'm saying is I agree that I don't I don't disagree with any of her motivations and in, in, in the choices that she made. I'm just saying I don't think we even had to have any of that at all. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. All right. I, I guess. I guess. I just, I just if like you're going to do it, I think they did it well. I just don't. I, you know. Okay. All right. Anyway. All right. All right. So of the barrel sequence, um, obviously uh, that was a I'm familiar enough with the story and, you know, watching the movie and all that kind of stuff to know that that was uh, fairly well um, expounded upon. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Legolas jumping on heads and all that yeah. kind of stuff and, and dwarves rolling and busting out of barrels. And mm-hmm. it was funny. It was fun. But Chad, as a filmmaker, mm-hmm. did you notice anything strange about uh, some of the footage that they used in that sequence? Oh, yeah. It's obvious they went to – it looked like they went to like a GoPro, GoPro. or something mm-hmm. in there. And it was like, okay, I went from beautiful 2K, which we were – I think the theater I was in was streaming in 2K, not 4K, unfortunately. But uh, it went from either 2K or 4K to like, you know, super sharp, like 1080p, some kind. And I know the GoPro shoots that? in 4K, but it was like very jarring. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really strange. Like I, we, we, were, we were with a group of people. We had like the entire row. And me and my brother-in-law were the furthest apart. My brother-in-law is a, a fellow 
you know, filmmaker, video guy. And the moment that frame came in, we both <laughs> it's like, what the heck? leaped forward and looked at one another like, <laughs> yeah. what was that? Nobody yeah, else noticed. Bad. Nobody else, you know, took note. Melody oh, yeah. may have noticed. I couldn't, I, but it was I just one of those. It looked off. I it looked I weird. I called it a GoPro. Oh, yeah, the dude. moment we saw it, we, we both looked at each other and mouthed, GoPro? What? Yeah. And I don't know if it is a GoPro. I'm just saying that's I, the, when, when I saw it, I immediately. It's I, fairly it, distinctive, dude. I, I mean, I was, like, it's oh, like, I wow. Yeah. I, but I don't know for sure. I just, I was with a, uh, I was actually with a, uh, production crew we were down uh actually in your neck of the woods in orlando uh doing a shoot and so after the shoot was over we all went and saw it together so there were like six of us sitting in yeah. a row together and when that happened all of us yeah. <laughs> like we we're like what the heck is that man that's yeah. weird so yeah i definitely noticed that for sure it was really strange it, it, it really threw me off and in this kind of like however many you know hundreds of millions of dollars they spent they decided to use that sure. and keep it in yeah. it just seemed a little little off to well me. you know it's easier i guess to slam a gopro onto the edge of a barrel and have it underwater and all that stuff without yeah the but others. they could have afforded to uh, couldn't they afford to you know waste you know fifteen thousand twenty thousand dollars well for, yeah uh, I, th- I think they shot this sequence? on red epics so those right. aren't the most yeah so they definitely could have but the thing is it's you talk about the barrel sequence from just kind of a, a set piece standpoint we were very split down the middle some of our guys some of the guys i saw it with absolutely hated it because they felt like it went into okay. like cartoon land well that, that which is that, like that's peter jackson that's what exactly. he does yeah. that's peter jackson and, and that's the also hobbit. the hobbit exactly that's what that, that, that's the right kind of attitude we should have had almost throughout the entire film um, and also, okay, so let's talk about tone for a second. So the first one I felt, I felt was very subdued as far as like, it didn't know if it wanted to be a full on PG 13 hardcore like, uh, thing, or if it wanted to be more of a, an accessible children's movie. Well, this one definitely threw it straight into like the hardcore action. Cause I don't know how many decapitations there were in this movie, right. but there were at least two dozen. I and, think like it was a lot of decapitations. It was unbelievable and awesome. I mean, for yes, me, no, know. it was great. It was but it was great. He just decided to step into that world of okay, we're a PG thirteen action. You know, whatever. We're gonna go ahead and you know do all of the things that we can do with that rating, and it's not a children's film at all. I think like scenes like the barrel scene still kept that, even though they had like the more graphic violence. Don't you think? There's no. a lot of decapitations in that scene. I, I, don't I think, think it was... I think this. I th- you're talking about tone in, in particular. I think yeah. the problem the first one had is that it tried to be, it tried to have a seriousness. It was kind of right. like trying to stay in the vein mm-hmm. of Return of the King. Yep. And but the source material didn't lend itself to that, and so I think I that's know. a big problem that a lot of people didn't like about it. I think with this one. It tries to has, have its cake and eat it too because on the one hand, to me, honestly, it feels very whimsical all the way throughout from the beginning to yeah. the end, even in the middle of the action, which I agree with you, Chris, yeah. although you very rarely see any blood, you know, um, John at it's all. Ve- except for, you know, Legolas at the end, he kind of wipes his nose like I'm bleeding. That was actually kind of <laughs> cool, but shocking, um, right? Yeah. You know, the whole thing with that is that it has ultra violence all the way through, but it feels as if it's lighthearted. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's, I, I'm sure that's kind of intentional. Well, but because uh, you're fighting orcs, which are like, you know, they're like robots. it's not like they're people. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're robots. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the characters you can get away with killing thousands of, and they're still, it's a, still now, there, okay, there aren't even orcs so evil. in the, in the Hobbit, right? Like the orcs are completely. Yeah. I, I, right. I, I think there's a mention of, of them from what I've read. And then well, also, I mean, obviously they exist in the world, but they don't interact with the characters at all. Right. 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 Well, yeah. and one thing too, that's about why the barrel this, sequence is completely different. In it the is that I, I have a problem connecting kind of the serious violence with this, 
specifically because I think they all look like cartoons. And and the the yeah. visual effects in this movie were very out. They were outstanding. There's no doubt yeah. about it. But the orcs, when you see them on screen, they don't look real. You know, <laughs> well, so they're it's, not. It's, they're they're CG. Yeah, yeah, they're all CG. And so it's it's it's. I feel like if they were, you know, if they were a little, there were more practical. Uh, applications mm-hmm. to the way that they were presented, it may feel a little bit darker and harder, but it to me it didn't. It was like you know, it's like watching you well, know, okay, a so, Saturday morning cartoon. But okay. I agree with you. I agree with you on on that one front. But it's still it's still frightening, and it's the the tone of it. Like you know, you look at the the spider sequence, for instance. Ooh, yeah. Um, it's that and, and and how it's shot and how it's done. It's still done. What I mean by um, him taking a step into that it's still a more mature look he, he's he's he was more saying okay i want the um you know 18 to 35 audience to really enjoy this movie i'm not making this movie for um you know the uh the teenage kid um uh crowd and also for them you know what I mean? it's not like a pixar film it's not like a uh, a disney movie where they're trying right. to get you know that this is definitely aimed at 18 to 35 sure there's cartoonish violence and all that stuff but it's still the tone is still very scary it's still very because i'm you know i'm looking through the lens of when can my daughter brenna or my daughter's brenna and kayla can actually watch this movie and i feel like it's going to be a lot later um, than than what I would have wanted it to if 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 they were being true to the actual Hobbit source material, the book. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. is definitely a darker tone and darker, scarier version of of those events. I agree that it's not made to be a kids' movie, and I'm I'm sure our kids will be pretty old before they get to see it. But I still think I don't think I would say it has a really dark tone. I think it's a movie uh, made right. for adults to enjoy, but that still tries to keep the whimsical nature of the Hobbit. I, I, book. I, I, I agree it's whimsical, but I still think it's fairly... I mean, come on. It, it really I is. Think, I mean, it's fairly... I, I don't think so. I, I agree with really? Melody in that I do think that the violence and the scariness of you know some of the creature effects right. are certainly there, and you can certainly feel that. But to me, when we're talking about tone, you watch a film that makes you feel immediately like this is a dark film or yeah. this is a serious film. And I never yeah. felt that with this movie. It, it, I it didn't From think... the beginning, it just felt kind of fun, over the top, and jovial, even in the midst of all that. That's what I'm saying. It tried to have its cake in it, too. And I think it did uh-huh. pretty good. Um, but, I, I, but I feel like there's a lot of, like, despair and uncertainty. And, like, it just, it just feels like, yeah, we're going... It doesn't feel like I, and, and what they're doing is they're supposed to be an adventure. They're supposed to be going out and doing this quest and, and finding this thing so they can restore their kingdom. But for me, it just felt a lot like everything is pretty bad right now and something even worse is coming. And like it, I don't know, it just it, it, it didn't even though they're having quote unquote whimsical fun, I just felt like overall the tone of it was was fairly dark and foreboding, I guess. Well, is what I, would I mean. Say. Because he's creating the whole world, I, 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 and I he's like, eventually one day yeah. you'll be able to watch these movies, first the I, Hobbit movies, then the Lord of the Rings movies, and obviously uh, you want to set that tone a little bit for the Lord of the Rings stories that are coming, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of that, too, is I probably, know. Chris, what the knowledge that you are bringing into the viewing mm-hmm. and the reading of this film also yeah. helped colors it a little bit. The, the necromancer, the uh, th- that whole sequence, although I really enjoyed it. I'm not saying I don't like it. I, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying... 
I felt like it was just he definitely took a break and sure. said, and I, I know what I'm going to be this and time. And Peter like. Jackson loves that kind of stuff from all of yeah. his, you know, his earlier works. He did, you know, horror movies like The Frighteners and different things like that. I mean, he he yes. loves that kind of thing. I guess what I'm saying is I'm not surprised that it's in this film. As what I'm saying is, is that the first film, I felt like he wasn't going there. And sure. this one, he decided we're going to take this shift and say, OK, we're, we know what we're going to be. I'm going to be a Peter Jackson movie. Here's what you're getting done. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it better for that. I'm still saying. Sure. And also, too, I would say, you know, not to give any parenting advice to you guys or me either, but, you know, because my initial reaction was just like yours. I was like, man, Cole, my son Cole, he could never, he'll have to be old. And then I started thinking about the stuff that I watched when I was like nine and 10 years old. And I was like, oh, yeah, it was way scarier than this, though. (laughs) You just just never think about that. But it was a different time. It was a different time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) We'll see. Real real quick before we jump into uh, spoilers, just very quickly, because we need to we need to kind of move on. But let's talk about the last um, generally. Let's talk about the the ending of the movie, how it sets up uh, as the second piece in a trilogy. Let's talk a little bit about the dragon. Talk about, uh, you know, what, what were your thoughts on how this movie ended and wrapped up and prepared us for the next one, as well as that whole last. And I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say, you know, that whole last 30 to 40 minute kind of set piece um, with Smaug. There's no doubt that that's the best part of the film. Um, that's what you're waiting for the entire time. You're waiting for the desolation of Smaug. You're waiting for that payoff to happen. Uh, and when it does, it's it's quite spectacular. Uh, like we said already, Benedict Cumberbatch is absolutely spectacular as the dragon. They mo-capped his face, uh, which I didn't realize. But, oh, that's uh, why it's so good. There's a picture, so if you good. go online, you, there's a picture of him um, doing the face of Schmog, like you can, and you hmm. can actually see it. Like you put, you put the two things side by side and you're like, oh my goodness, I didn't recognize Benedict as the dragon. But now when I look at them side by side and see his performance, it's, it's unbelievable. It is like the, the, it's the best part of the movie. It's just as the best part of the first film was with um, uh, he, uh, Bilbo and um, Gollum. Uh, you know, it's that same exact kind of like that moment where there's a meeting of the minds. And I just felt like um, when you get there, you realize, I think, just how superfluous the rest of the film was. You're like, yeah. man, why couldn't I have a little more of this and a little less of that? I, I agree with it, but I still think for what we got, it was, it was pretty spectacular, really well done. And, and I enjoyed every second of it. I don't know if I would say that I would want more of that, though. Yeah. I mean, it was okay. a long it was almost its own movie. <laughs> well, it no, was, I, it was definitely the best part. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It was amazing. Yeah. I don't think I would want more. I think it was um, almost just a tiny little bit too long. Um, I, I don't think almost. I think it was too long. Yeah. And I loved it. And, and you know, and here's the thing is I think you have to judge the whole thing as a whole thing. And so that's, you know, on the one hand, I could say... I'm okay with the 40 minute set piece at the end if it wasn't preceded by a two and a half hour <laughs> other <Right>. thing, <laughs> right? But that's how yeah. I had to experience it. And so yeah, right. it, it definitely, as it got into the first like 15, 20 minutes when they're, yes. he's discovering the dragon and on the gold and all that stuff, that was amazing, wonderful. Yes. But yes. it got a little bit long. I was like, okay, now realistically, and I know we're not, I mean, come on, realistically, but you know, <laughs> how, how much longer could this dragon not completely obliterate? Exactly. You know? 
exactly. Like, like, like how on, are guys. they still alive? I don't even understand. <laughs> right. And they just got I, longer and longer and longer and longer and longer. I didn't. I didn't. Want, I didn't want more of the action sequence of that. I wanted more of him talking with Schmug and like you know I meeting. Just wanted to hear that voice. That voice. Yes. No. It was fantastic. And well yay done. Yay for reuniting Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah. Ben Watt. Yeah. Yeah. They're on Sherlock together. Yeah. Yes. That was so, fun. So do you guys have? Did you have any thoughts about the way that the film um, kind of sets up the the, I, the next one? So again, I don't remember how this how this thing ends i felt like that was how it ends but i'm not exactly (laughs) sure what happens next i'm not sure where the next two hours three hours comes from. two (laughs) hours yeah well Uh, i wanted i wanted to talk a little bit about lake town and about bard um as a character uh i i i thought that the look of lake town was really really great it's not completely what i pictured from the book but i thought it was i thought it was like a compelling part of the story and i was into it and bard i thought gave the most compelling and believable performance of the whole film. I really liked his character a lot and I completely bought him as opposed to some of the elf characters I didn't like so much. Anyways, I just thought that guy, I don't even know his name, but I thought he gave an awesome performance. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also agree with you about the set design of the town. Um, I like, it wasn't, it wasn't what I envisioned. It felt very small and quaint, uh, even though it's not, but it, it looked really, really cool. I was like, I just want to run around and play in that set. It just, it looked really awesome. Yeah, it was cool. No doubt. I, yeah, I enjoyed that. Even though we were, well, I guess we were there for no, a while. No, we were there. Yeah. We were there I, well, for a while. If we were, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> sure there's a good half hour in there somewhere. Yeah, it was so funny. Like, it, yeah, we are, like normal films, that would be like the main spot, but I feel like it was only, a, you know, a few moments in the movie. The movie's three hours long. That's true. That's true. Okay. Well, if we don't have anything specific for spoilers, then let's, uh, let's I guess let's just give our general thoughts uh, to wrap up if people yeah, yeah. should see this in the theater or not and kind of our last impressions and then we'll we'll call it a day so what do you think uh, melody uh yeah i definitely think if you uh, like this sort of movie at all i mean you got to see it so go to the theater we saw it imax 3d i would recommend that if possible um it's fun it's 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 part of the the story and it's pretty good a little long but pretty fun <laughs> pretty good pretty good wow <laughs> seal of approval yeah <laughs> what about you chris no i really think you should go see it. It, it, it look if you're looking to get your money's worth this holiday you know what i mean you're you got off of work or school or whatever i would highly recommend it's three hours you're going to spend the same amount of that on you know any other film and so why not go see this thing it's it, it's really a lot of fun um see it for just like the last half an hour the interaction between Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, Martin Freeman I think is is definitely worth uh worth seeing so um highly recommend it's a lot of fun um you're gonna want to have you wanna, you're gonna want to see it anyway just to have social currency so you can talk about something um with your friends so go see it I think you'll have a good time Yep. And as of today, this movie worldwide has made almost half a billion dollars. So it's going to. and it, Yeah, go help them. Go yeah, help them. It's going to make more and more. Um, I, I would say that, in my opinion, this is the kind of movie that needs to be seen in the theater. I don't. I think the optimal potential for your enjoyment of this movie is going to be on the big screen. I'm not sure how well this is going to mm-hmm. translate at home, especially at three hours. Um, but that you definitely should see it in the theater. I think this movie more so than the first one feels as if it belongs in the same 
world as the original trilogy. It feels like a Lord of the Rings film where the first yes. one was kind of like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> um, yes. So I definitely say see it. I definitely say see it in the theater. And I think you will. Uh, it's a little long, but you will enjoy it for sure, regardless of what Josh said. I think you'll, I think you'll have a good time. Well, thanks for joining us on this episode of The Screeners. Hey, listen, we really love to hear from you guys, our listening audience. Please, if there's anything that you want us to talk about that you didn't hear us talk about or there's something you want to respond to, send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment. Um, go, just let us know uh, what you're looking for and we, we'd love to chat and interact with you guys. It's kind of um, one of the great things that we love to do. Um, listen, look out for our best of 2013 episode coming in the next several weeks. We're going to talk about all of our, our, our favorite television shows, movies, uh, technology, uh, comic books, video games, all those things we're going to chat about in that episode. It's going to be fantastic. If you have any suggestions, anything you think we might overlook in the year 2013, we'd love to hear from you. Send that in. Let us know. Hey, listen, guys, check this out. Try this. And uh, we'll do our best to include that in our best of 2013 episode. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to being able to talk with you guys and interact soon. Have a wonderful holiday season, and we'll see you later. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.